It's time to have lunch and talk sports. It's the Midday Sports Zone on Sports Radio 93.1. Happy Thursday. Thursday. And welcome into the Midday Sports Zone. (laughs) Russ Brown and Daniel Shirley with you here. Still trying to struggle to keep up with what day it is. You know, the problem today was, it's not anything that happened, but on my rundown, I updated every day, but I forgot to change the date. So it still said Wednesday 222, and I knew it was wrong. That's why well, I didn't say yesterday it. yesterday you were trying to say today was going to be Friday, so you've been all kind of screwed up. Right. No, and the same thing happened last week, man. These these weeks are getting long. I'm, I'm all discombobulated. <laughs> but we're here. We're here <laughs> and right. happy and uh, ready to talk sports with you. We've got one guest on the rundown today. David Hale of ESPN.com will join us. And uh, i got a couple things I want to ask David about, but never really sure where that conversation might go. And that's a good thing. We look forward to that. Um and we got plenty of news to uh, get to, and we'll have time for phone calls as well. I, I don't. I, there's there are a couple places we could start today. Uh, why don't we start with the Hawks? And we'll start with the Hawks because they have the latest bit of news. Uh, yesterday, we'll start at the beginning and kind of work our way forward. Yesterday, Landry Fields had his press conference, and some interesting things came out of that. Number one to me being. Uh, the report that Nate McMillan had asked to resign and they talked him into staying, according to Landry Fields, is not true. He said Nate McMillan never asked him uh, about a resignation. Okay. So that that smooths things out a little bit for me because it just seems dysfunctional to if, – if you came to me and said, hey, Russ, I'm, I'm, I'm hanging him up, and I talk you into hanging around, and then three weeks later I fire you, that's – Dysfunction. That is dysfunction. Yeah. So that that no that, doubt about that. So at least that that's not there. And I mean, he said all the right things. He, he did. He he said all the right things about development and character and holding players accountable, and really looking for all of those qualities in the next head head coach. And and I think also you know in in seeing it a little bit yesterday the video, but really going back and reading the transcript, Landry Fields is in a tough spot. Because he's a young guy. This is still kind of new to him. He's got Kyle Korver helping him. Uh, and he's in a town with Terry Fontenot, who's been groomed to be a general manager since – I mean, that's what he wanted to do since he walked off the football field at Tulane in his early 20s and, and was groomed to become a general manager. Um, and then, you, of course, Alex Anthopoulos, who may be the best GM in all of Major League Baseball. Those two are in the same city. So he's just not going to come off as polished – when, when comparing the two, but he right. he did say all the right things. Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, again, I don't I don't remember where the report about Nate McMillan came out. Was that at the Athletic? Or was I think that, it was. I think it was Shams. Was yeah. that Shams? Uh, you know, and um, you know, I I'm not. I don't know where Shams got it. Somebody obviously told Shams that, mm-hmm. and you know, might have been Nate. Uh, we don't know. It might have been. Hell, it might have been John Collins. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> everybody thinks he's the one talking about all this stuff. So, but I, who knows? But at least you're right. It did sound like Landry said all the right things yesterday, um, and he he's kind of settling into this job. And and what's the job going to be? And you know, there's talks out now that that uh, you know they may have found their guy. Um, so, you know, we'll go, we'll see where this goes. It's, it's a really interesting 
dynamic right now. And if they do hire Quinn Snyder, I think that's a good hire. I think he did a good yeah, job. Yeah, well, with, that's yeah. that's the latest breaking news right. is is that they have zeroed in on Quinn Snyder. And Zach Klein of WSB reporting it's not just to be the head coach. It's to be the president of basketball operations. Is that right? And and that see, – see, now we're starting to get some clarity. And, and this looks like a dysfunctional front office. They reshuffled the deck. Uh, you've got the owner's son apparently running everything. And, you know, it's like you, you, y'all need basketball people. And then you see, well, they're talking about Quinn Schneider being the president of back- basketball operations as well as the head coach. So would he be Landry's boss? Yeah. Wow. Because that's what – that was uh, Schlenk's title before he stepped into a senior advisory role at right. the age of 46. So, anyway, uh, so wow. – I mean, that's that, that's a good sign. That's a good sign that says we need an experienced head coach. You know, Quinn Schneider draws a hard line. You know, this isn't so, – this is like – kind of like what we were talking about with these players. There needs to be accountability from the players because we just did this two years ago. And Quinn Schneider will hold the, those players accountable. It could get ugly, but but you find out. One way or the other, what kind of a roster do you have? Do you have players that are going to be committed to doing what it takes to win a championship, or do you just have a bunch of prima donnas? And if either way, you're going to find out if indeed Quinn Schneider takes this job. Yeah, I I worry a little bit about giving one person that much power. Um, I don't know that I'm a fan of that, but that doesn't mean it can't work. I mean, it definitely can work. I mean, Quinn Snyder is a smart guy. He knows the league. He knows the sport. Um, again, I don't know that I want one person being the coach and the and the uh, president of basketball operations. And that would be a little weird for him to, you know, be kind of Quinn Snyder and then Landry Fields and then Quinn Snyder as kind of the hierarchy. But I mean, we've seen we've seen different other teams do that as well. You know, Jeff Schultz wrote a a column for us uh, at The Athletic, and the headline is, Hawks have fired another coach, but where's Trey Young in this? Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, if, if Quinn Snyder comes in, that's the first question that has to be answered. Yep. I and, really believe that. And and Landry Fills was asked about Trey Young a lot during that press conference yesterday. And, and I think, so. Yeah, yeah, and I think that the focus is going to the right place now. And this is, this is, this is, this is the deciding time in Trey Young's career where he has to decide what he wants to be because he's about to feel the pressure. For the most part, it's been it's a young developing team. It's Lloyd Pierce's fault. It's Nate McMillan's fault. Now it's going to be Trey Young's fault. And so he it's it's you know, and he may be just fine. You know, this we, we it may reveal that yeah, it was those coaches all along. You know, and and they've got a better coach in here committed to winning a title. I I don't know, but I have a feeling if things continue to go the way they have for the last 140 games where they're basically 70 and 70, uh, it's a little more than 140, but basically a 500 team since that Eastern Conference Finals, I think I think some of that blame is going to start to fall on Trey Young. I think it is too. And, you know, Jeff Schultz wrote, again, that same column. He's talked about responsibility, accountability, knowing when to be present, what to say, and when to say it. Uh, he said John Collins – excuse me, sorry – he said Trey Young could take lessons from John Collins. John Collins was asked Wednesday how players grow into leaders. He said being held accountable and in all aspects, whether it's the organization to the players, the training staff, weight room, I feel like that's where it starts. 
It's holding people accountable to their job and their expectations as men on this team. This is the NBA. We're not in college anymore. We're not in high school. We're expected to come in here and be men and try to win games. And then Jeff asked him, is this a problem on this team? Yes. I definitely feel like we can do a better job of that. And he said we. He didn't say they. Yeah. John Collins well, is being held, is is taking responsibility. Well, see, and that goes back to the trade rumors of the last three years for John Collins. And that's that's where why why because we kept asking the question, why are they trying to get rid of John Collins? But there you go. And and when he's on the trade block, he's not really in a position to be able to say that. But I guess now with the coach out of the way and the franchise in limbo, he feels like he can openly say it. And I'm glad he did. But if they're trying to get him out of town. See, see, that's why somebody like Quinn Snyder is needed for this role to come in, and because that's the that's the approach Quinn Snyder is going to take with this team, and he, you know what I'm saying. So sure. th- that that's th- that's what they need to hear from a head coach. Well, and you know DeAndre, uh, uh, um, oh my gosh, my Hunter, no uh, Murray, DeJounte, oh Dejounte Murray, Dejounte Murray, he spoke yesterday. Um, Trey didn't speak. One cue late in the media session, there was an update on Trey Young's availability. The guard, the Hawks guard went from TBT, TBD as far as being available to the spokesperson said he had to boogie. He couldn't be there. DeJounte Murray spoke. John Collins spoke. DeJounte Murray said, as soon as I saw the news of McMillan being fired, I called him immediately. We had a great conversation. That's respond. That's someone I respect as a man, a father, a basketball coach. It's not, and then he continued, I do feel bad because it's not just on Nate, Millen, Nate McMillan. I c- could look in the mirror and, and I could be a part of that. I hold myself accountable. Accountable. That's the huge word in here. Yeah. And wait, I mean, okay, so there's John Collins speaking. There's DeJounte Murray speaking. Trey Young had to leave. Yeah. Well, he's going to have to – he's going to have to he, – he's got to learn. You're going to get asked that question. And if they ask it after tomorrow night's game and you get pissy about it because it's not the right time and place to ask the question, you're going to look even worse Wait, because when you did have the right, right time and place, you didn't take advantage of it. Right? He you can't hide. quote, boogie. You can't be a star player in the NBA and hide. Well, you can't be – I mean, you can't – no, you're not a star. Yeah. I mean, that's – Yeah. That's some chicken bleep stuff right there. Yeah. I'm sorry. No, I, it, it is. It absolutely is. And that's why, we, if, again, Quinn Schneider is the right person for this job because it's going to bring that situation to a head. Do you and worry that's at needs all to about him being president and basketball coach? Not not in the in the current climate. I mean, I get what you're saying. Uh, and, and, you know, in, in, I get it. Yeah, you're right. You're in right. general, that's not going to work. Right. But this is such a mess right now. I think you need one one voice in charge. You need leadership. And, and that, you know, it's – it's 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 going to come to an it's inevitable end at some point, but you just hope it's in a better place at that because right now, I mean, think about it. It's it's dysfunctional, and basically, you you bring in a guy with that kind of experience and that attitude, you know, I I, I think it, it would be a good thing for the Hawks. Well, who sure. can he lean on right now? Who can he trust? John Collins, Dejounte Murray. You can't trust Trey Young. No, if he can't take responsibility for being part of what went wrong. And if he, you know, and if you don't like it, that's fine. You don't have to like being blamed for something when it doesn't work. But you have to take responsibility for that. And if he can't do that, he can't bother to do that. Come on, man. 
I mean, are you a grown man or not? And that's what John Collins said. It's in high school. It's not mm-hmm. college. Yeah. You don't get to just be, you know, run around having fun and have enjoy all the good parts. You have to in- take responsibility for the bad parts. Yep. Yeah, and wow. he's got to figure that out. And hopefully this will be that situation that's where he does. That's a bad look, man. No, it is. It's a it, really it, bad look. I mean, it's that, but that's who Trey Young, that's what we're finding out. This is who Trey Young is. You know, the regular season's boring, Daniel. I don't have time for a press conference. Wow. We'll take a break when we come back. Uh, some Georgia stuff to get to, and uh, then we'll have some open phone time. That and more as we continue on the Midday Sports Zone right after this. Welcome back into the Midday Sports Zone. Russ Brown and Daniel Shirley with you here. So we uh, learned late last night that Georgia linebacker Javon Dumas-Johnson was arrested and uh, he was charged with reckless driving, among other things. Now, this stems from something that happened on January 10th, the day after the national championship game. There were two cars racing each other on College Station Road. Uh, The police went on a – tried to make a, a stop, tried to pull the vehicles over, and they were both able to elude the police, and they didn't you know, continue a chase. So the officer continued to investigate the incident and discovered that one of the drivers was Javon Dumas-Johnson. Um, he was in jail for about 41 minutes before being released. Um, and, and so we'll see where this goes from here, but it just continues. I mean, ever since they've won that national championship, it's just been bad news after bad news after bad news for this program. Yeah, it's it's not great. Uh, you know, this by itself is is one thing. It's a misdemeanor charge, whatever. It's one incident, but it it just continues like it's something on top of something on top yeah. of something. Well, the you know the the racing part of it, um, it, it it's really two things because um, we remember the crash that killed Devin Willick and Chandler Lacroix. Um, you know, there, there, there's a, a lot of details people want to know about what happened there, and we don't have a lot of details, which, you know, is unfortunate because that leads to speculation, and there had been speculation that two vehicles were racing each other that night. Right. And now you get the news of this arrest where a player has been booked for racing. That's the bad part. The, the hopeful part, is, as the way I'll term it, is that this is an incident that happened on January 10th. And whatever was going on with the players on that team, hopefully what happened on January the 15th made them realize you need to stop doing that. This is separate, right? You and know, may have, may have, so it's an something issue. may have sunk in for sure. Right. So it's an issue that may have already been dealt with because uh, the timing of it, you know, you've had, you had that incident, you had the Stetson Bennett incident in Dallas. This was before all of that. But it just it, it feels like a continuation today because he just got arrested yesterday. Right, yeah, and that would make you think, oh my gosh, this was the because that's what we heard. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's not what this is. And right. they made a point to say this is separate. Right, it, it, it is a separate separate incident. Um, right, and and it's and it's got to be tough too because they're trying to figure out what happened in a very delicate matter where two young people's lives were lost. And 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 you know people are going to want to know details. They're going to want to know what happened and try to put two and two together. You know, there was that article that AJC released. Uh, it, it seemed a little bit premature. Uh, 
And really, since that article, it's kind of just gone away. So I don't. Will we ever know what happened? Right. Or, I mean, is well, this... I think they're still investigating. So we'll see. But two and two doesn't always equals four, right? I mean, there's yeah. sometimes that, like you said, people are trying to find the answers. The answers aren't there yet. Um. So don't just assume that the answers are there. But we'll see. I mean, I I think eventually we'll have some some clarity. And but when would that be? I don't know. Right. Well, I, and I, I I think if you're the, I would think from the football program standpoint, you want to get that wrapped up as soon as possible, so you can put it behind you. Um, yeah. You know, spring practice will be starting pretty soon um, for for the football team, and you know, you you just you don't want to have distractions. Uh, yeah. And and um, th- there's going to be some when that football season starts. There's there's well, I mean. What are you going to be asked about during spring? Quarterback, Mike Bobo, and then this stuff. And you're going to be asked about it. Yeah. It's just, I mean, it's just, like you said, people want I would, to know. Well, and, uh, and I think the best way to handle it from a PR standpoint is because what you don't want to do is put your football coach in a position where he's having a press conference about spring practice and he has to say this is a football press conference. We're not going to comment on that. Right. So have a place where he can – be asked about that beforehand and then then you know what i'm saying and then you can get on with it so to speak uh so but again that, i guess the investigation is going to dictate the timing on that the other little piece of, of georgia news that's out there is glenn schumann has interviewed for the philadelphia eagles defensive coordinator job and um i mean my goodness just thinking about how good georgia's defense is and how good philadelphia's defense was this past season and the opportunity to step into the NFL with that bunch. Right. What an opportunity that would be for him. Yeah, and, I mean, it sounded like if he left, he was going to go be a head coach in college. But maybe that's not the case. Um, I mean, he's, I know he interviewed there. Jim Leonard interviewed there as well, the, the former Wisconsin defense coordinator who didn't get the Wisconsin head coaching job uh, when that – job officially came open and went to Luke Fickle. People just assumed Jim Leonard was getting that job, and he didn't. So it's going to be – this is going to be really interesting um, to see, you know, how this plays out. And, again, if you're if you're Kirby Smart and Glenn Schumann leaves, do you just turn down the hall and say, hey, Will, you're the defense coordinator? Well, That's yeah. most what you did with the offense coordinator. Well, he, and, well and here's my question – if that does happen, if Glenn Schumann does leave for the Philadelphia defensive coordinator job, my question is not do you turn to Will Muschamp, but does that announcement come out in less than five minutes, which is about what it took for well, the – Let it let it drag out a couple days give us so a we couple, can have something yeah, to talk about. Yeah, right. yeah. If it, give us a couple days, please, right. Kirby. Give us a couple days no, to I chew think on it. I think it's handled exactly like it was yeah. well, with, with the previous. And this is different – to me it is. It's different than Todd Munkin because – Kirby Smart's background is as a defensive coordinator. Right. So th- th- he's still there. I, right. And and look, I think Glenn Schumann is seen as a star, like a rising star in coaching. I thought that was going to be in college. But, you know, if, it, if this is the path he wants to take, that's fine. As long as Kirby's still there, they're going to be fine. And I think people will have the same reaction uh, – that they had about Mike Bobo and, and Todd Munkin. And that was, yeah, we hate that Todd's leaving. Is Kirby still here? 
Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to be fine. Well, and I think the other thing, the other difference is with, with you know, Todd Munkin being an older coordinator, you know, it felt like, you know, he was really at a place where he could hang out until he wanted to retire. Uh, but that's not who Todd Munkin is. Uh, whereas with Glenn Schumann, with his age, he's a quote up and comer. He's going to be leaving in, in, in the next year to to go be a head coach somewhere, more than likely, kind of like Dan Lanning when he went to Oregon. Right. So this seems more inevitable. Oh, I thought for sure. I would have thought he would have been hired as a college head coach by now, and he might have gotten offers where, kind of like Kirby did at Alabama. Mm-hmm. That's not the right one. That's not the right one. I'm going to wait until I get the right one. He's. I mean, he has somebody who he can get good advice from. Uh, as far as what kind of job do you take, Kirby obviously can give him good advice. So uh, you don't take a job just to take a job because then in two years, three years, you're going to be out of a job again. You want to take the right job. And look, if he goes to the NFL, I mean, is he on the track to be a head coach in the NFL in three or four years? Mm-hmm. A D.C. with a team that's that's good defensively is going, well, and we just saw it. Their D.C. just got a job. Mm-hmm. So he would definitely be in line to get a head coaching job in the NFL. Yeah. Yep. So um, we'll see. We'll keep an eye on that. Uh, and, again, the this the, the NFL season being backed up the way it is, especially if they start making organizations wait until after the Super Bowl to hire new coaches, is going to change things for the calendar. And it's just another – layer for these college coaches that they're going to have to adjust to deal with and and you know I think you're going to see this more often where you're, you're going to see a lot of college coaches going to the NFL ranks because the money's going to be usually more uh the, the it's the highest level uh, that you can coach at and it's less hours I mean I <laughs> it's just more money less hours a in a, in in a NFL, bigger right? challenge yeah right it's just more structured. I mean, it's if you think about the structure of the National Football League compared to college football, college football is absolute, total, utter chaos. Right now. And, yeah. and, the, and the National Football League is a lot more organized and a lot more structured, which is going to be a better working environment. Right. And Florida has lost three coaches in the last 40 hours to the NFL. Good. Off their staff. That's, that's insane. So those jobs have to be filled. Yeah. And then those jobs are going to be filled. Then somebody else's jobs have to be filled. Yep. So, it, it, yeah, it's – if they push back, I mean, look, how many head coaching jobs have been filled since the Super Bowl was played? Two? Is that right? Mm-hmm. If it's eight or nine, like it us- like there's that many openings usually, this, this is going to run until, I mean, the middle of April. Yeah. And if you're a college coach and you have to replace somebody in April, that's tough. That's really, really tough. Yep, it is. It is. It's uh, just, an, again, another layer of, of, of the difference and the things that uh, college football coaches have to deal with. All right, we're going to take a break. As we do, we'll open up the phone lines. 478-646-ESPN is the number. Anywhere you want to go in the world of sports is fine with us. And we're back with more of the Midday Sports Zone right after this. 1131, Russ and Daniel back with you on the Midday Sports Zone. Taking your phone calls at 478-646-ESPN. Let's start it with Kirkland in Macon. Hey, Kirkland, how you doing? Hey, how you got you and Daniel doing today? Good. Good. What's up, bud? Hey, man, I need y'all to help me with some understanding about this case and stuff. Hey, by the way, um, Brandon, Brandon Miller's not 18. I think he's 20, right? 
Uh, I'm not sure how old Brandon Miller is. It has a lot to do with what I'm trying to say, too. Because I'm about to fall into a rant right now, man. <laughs> he is 20. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I, I've been a part of this stuff my whole life, you know what I'm saying? Going to the club or whatever, not going actually in the club or whatever, being on the outside a lot, and you kind of see stuff transpire and stuff. Yeah. Like, you I'm know when something's fixing to happen, right? I'm, yeah, I'm just saying, I'm trying to understand that isn't he a teammate, isn't he a team leader, plus he's older, and I don't think people are talking about that enough, and um. And you say, why do you call? And then why watch the first four days? They all say, why? If you want, you, then you're not a part of anything. They always say, why do you call now? Why do you call the police? I think that's the question we need to be asking Brandon Miller. Why do you call the police? Why do you talk to friends? Why did you take the gun to him? You knew the gun was in there. You knew there was a club like scene here. I mean, he should not be playing the rest of the season. I don't even know he should be playing in, play, in the playoffs because this is um, it's crazy. Y'all just help me understand it. Allegedly, I, I, he's done this now. Uh, allegedly. Yeah, hey, appreciate the call, Thanks. Kirkland. We talked about this a little bit yesterday. Yeah, I don't I don't understand. Uh, well, Alabama's taking the stance that they're going to let the legal process play out. And he's not and he's not uh He's uh, not a suspect. He's not a suspect. So from a legal standpoint, he's 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 clear. Right. But I mean, it, again, <laughs> this is something that because Alabama's a top team and he's one of the best players in the country, that they're going to get asked about over and over and over again. Somebody has died. This is not going to go away. Hopefully, the coaches hand. Hopefully, Nate Oates handles it better than he did. Wrong place, wrong time stuff. Look, the kid played last night. Well, kid, he's twenty years old. He scored forty-one points, hit the game winner. That's fine. He's no. There's no legal. He, you know, he's not a suspect. There's no legal reason why he can't play, right? But, Russ, if you call me, say, hey, man, go get my gun and bring it to me. No. I'm not doing it. I mean, I, I mean, it's that simple. It's two seconds. It's that quick. Right. So, I'm not doing it. Call somebody else. I mean, I, let, let me ask you this. So, Brandon Miller either knew exactly what was going on or is an incredibly stupid person. Right. And he has NBA aspirations. Yeah. And, again, no, he didn't break a law by going and getting the guy's gun and bringing it to him. But you know, if somebody calls you and says, "Go get my gun and bring it to me," especially to a nightclub, right? Bring it's not, it it's to not me. like, "Hey, man, I just got to the range and I forgot my pistol," right. or "Hey, we just got to the field to hunt dove and I forgot my bring rifle." My, bring my, right. <laughs> it's the nightclub. We're at. I'm. I'm here. You know this town. You know what's here. Go get my gun and bring it to me. Hell no, because I'm smarter than that, and I have aspirations of playing in the NBA. And I know what this means. And if he doesn't know what this means, I I can't draft him if I'm an NBA team. Mm -hmm. Because you do this in the NBA, they will suspend you. And they don't care if they have legal rights to suspend you or not. Right. You're going to sit. Right. And then at me as an owner, I have to, I have to, I have to be responsible for you. I mean, and it's it, and 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 this is a it's a bad look for the University of Alabama. It is. I mean, the 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 quote after the game from Nate Oates: They didn't make any of the players available after the game, and then they and that's not preparing your guys for the next level. By the way, when when you if you're hiding players from the media, uh, from sensitive issues, there. I mean, this is 
that's not getting them ready for the no, next level. Um, he said, uh, one of the most mentally tough kids I've ever coached. Not surprised he came ready to play and played well tonight. It could have been a distraction, but Brandon showed up. I mean, that is just about as cold and insensitive yep. as you can be. Did he show up for his teammate when his teammate called and said, go get my gun? No, he didn't. Is Was he being mentally tough then? No. No. Was he being a leader? No. Right. He was being a chucklehead. Yeah. And I'm sorry. I Again, he didn't break a law. He didn't, do, but someone died. And if he hadn't gone and gotten that gun, maybe that person doesn't die at that point. Yeah. Because it, the call would have had to go to somebody else to go get my gun. And maybe that person says no. And then by that time, maybe this whole situation is diffused. But Brandon Miller played a part in someone dying. Yeah. And that's their response. Yeah. It, it, get I out mean, of here. I mean, I, I just... They're worried about... He's worried about on-the-court stuff. Yeah. When somebody died on the camp or right near the camp. No, Nate Oates is saying my basketball program is more important than that person's Ex- life. Exactly. And it's just, it's just a bad look. It's disgusting. It really is. Th- thanks for bringing that one up, Kirkland. Should we thanks, tell us, Kirkland. talk about Georgia going to the White House while we're at it? <laughs> What's wrong with that? Oh, well, I, I, people were all upset yesterday because Georgia hadn't gotten an invite to the White House. Well, now they have one. I mean, it's... it's it, that takes time. People understand that, right? No. It takes time no. for that to come about. No. You don't just win the game on Monday and then go to the White House on Tuesday. <laughs> I had a, a friend of mine had this take, and he's had this take for a long time, and I'm starting to come. I'm starting to move over to his side on stuff like this. People are stupid? No. Is that it? No. No. Okay. no. okay. Stop doing it. Just stop. If, if it's like, and, his, and his take is on the national anthem. Just stop doing it. Because you can't, you can't do anything without pissing somebody off anymore. So just stop doing it. I mean, this country's too sensitive. Yeah. Oh well, we didn't get an invite, or oh, they, you know, just just stop doing it. Because I'm tired of talking about it. Yes. I'm tired of stuff like if that. If you're complaining, I'm exhausted by stuff I, like that. Again, the T-shirt. If you're, <laughs> if you're complaining, or if you were complaining, you can't complain now because they got the the offer, or they got the invite. So what are you complaining about today? You gonna find something else to complain about? But if you were complaining about that, you just you're you're ignorant to the process. I'm not gonna call you stupid. Well, they didn't get one last year, is what it stemmed from. Right. Well, last year was a. I mean, it was we we're still in the middle of COVID. There, there was a lot of teams that get didn't get one last year. Yeah. Wasn't just you. <laughs> There's not some conspiracy against Georgia from the president. Oh. I mean, if you haven't noticed, the president hadn't been in the country the last few days. You know, I mean, and those things take time. Physically or mentally? Well, physically. I don't know about mentally, but physically I know that for sure. (laughs) Um, It takes time for those things to come together. There's there's schedules that have to be worked out. I'm sure Georgia has to have a schedule that fits for them. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, it's got, no. it's happening. I need it's to go done. get my blood pressure checked again. This it's it's done. It, it is done. It's, it's done. It's, Find something going. else to complain about. No, just don't complain. How about that? Well, that's true. How about we just be happy? Well, don't complain about sports. Complain about something else let's, to somebody else. Let's just be <laughs> let's just be happy. How about that? Yes. Let's try that for a change. Yes. Oh my gosh. All right, we'll take a break. Four seven eight six four six ESPN is the number. Back with more right after this. Eleven forty-four. Russ and Daniel back with you here on the midday sports zone. Phone lines open at four seven eight 
646 ESPN, anywhere you want to go in the world of sports, I, I think it's, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine with us. So the Broncos are expected to hire Vance Joseph as their new defensive coordinator. That's according to Peter Schrager. So he was – was he – he was the head coach there, wasn't he? Yes. That's weird. I'm going to see when that – got to look that up. He's been – no, he was the head coach for the Cardinals. No, he was the head coach for the Broncos. Right. I thought so, yeah. He was there wow. – he had been with the Cardinals, but before that – he was a he was a defensive coordinator with the Broncos, and then he went to go be the head coach. No, he was. I'm sorry, he was the head coach of the Card Broncos. Went to be the defensive coordinator of the Cardinals because he got fired. Now he's the defensive coordinator of the Broncos. That's, but I mean, it's 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 the Sean Payton staff. So I mean, it's not the same. Right, it's not the same staff. Yeah, right. and I think they have a new GM since then too. But um, yeah, he was one of those guys who got a head coaching job and only got like two years. And they went eleven and twenty-one in his two years. Yeah, it was it was pretty bad. Yeah, it was uh, pretty pretty bad. And and look in the NFL, you you don't get a lot of time. I think this is, feels like a playoffs or bust kind of year coming up for the Atlanta Falcons. Um, you know, with Arthur Smith being in his third year, uh, and the division, I mean, it's as about as up for grabs as any division in football, I would guess. I think all four teams have an equal shot at it. I don't know what the Vegas odds are, but the Russ odds are all four teams have a 25% chance of winning. <laughs> so, well, you can turn it around pretty quickly in the NFL if you get the right people in charge. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, I think they've done a good job with the draft the last two years, and now they get to supplement that with uh, some, some cap space. And, you know, you got to be careful about how you spend it. You don't want to – Waste it all on one or two guys, you, you know, and they're going to want to leave about a $10 million buffer in case you need to sign. You know, somebody's going to get hurt in, in, in fall camp and, right. and getting ready for and during the season. So you want to be able to have some cash at hand to go pick up guys like, literally off the street or, or somebody else's practice squad if you have to. Um, but, yeah, I, I think as we've kind of talked this out with mock drafts and the pending free agency, uh, you know, I think if they strategize this right – and spend wisely on the free agent market and then supplement or, or fill the rest of their needs, rather, with draft picks. Um, yeah, I, I, I think a 9-10 win season's not out of, the, uh, out of the question. Well, as they sit right now, who's better than them in the NFC South? I, nobody. Right. I mean, Well, you this... can say the Broncos. Right now, the Broncos quarterback is Blaine Gabbert. You mean the? I mean the Broncos, the Bucks. I'm sorry, yeah. not the Broncos. We were talking about the Broncos. Right now, the 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 Buccaneers quarterback is Blaine Gabbert. So you tell me the Buccaneers are better with Blaine Gabbert no. at quarterback than the Falcons? No. no way. No. The Saints are a mess. The Panthers are a mess. Yeah. Now, if Derek Carr ends up at any of those other three teams, I would put them ahead of the Falcons. Right. I would too. But I don't think the Saints <laughs> have the cap space to do it. And I'll tell you another encouraging thing for those of us that want to see Desmond Ritter start the year as the quarterback. You notice the Falcons haven't been – whether it's Aaron Rodgers or Derek Carr or any of these quarterback rumors, you don't hear the Falcons coming up in any of that. Yeah, they haven't been tied to any of that kind of stuff. And, you know, if he go if, – if Derek Carr goes to the Bucs, then, yeah, they're – you know, they're going to be – they're going to be right there, but are they are they better than they were with Tom Brady? No, no, they didn't change coaches. They didn't change. I mean, they're going to change some other players, but they're not better. I think. I mean, I don't know that the Panthers are going to be better. I, I like Frank Reich, 
But I thought Steve Wilkes did a pretty damn good job. Mm-hmm. And I like him being with the 49ers. So I bet you do. I'm glad the Panthers didn't hire him. Kind of wish the Falcons had yeah. been able to bring him in for the D.C. job. But, I mean, are the Panthers better? Yeah. No, they're not. So, And they don't have Christian McCaffrey anymore. They don't have, you know, who's their quarterback? Really? Look at their roster. So, I yeah, I think the Falcons, it's right there for the taking, man. And if they're smart about it, they can they can get this done. But if they're not, to your point, I mean, is Arthur Smith going to be gone? I mean, we know how this works in the NFL. We just talked about, you know, Joseph getting two years as a head coach. That could change. It can change very quickly in the NFL for yeah. sure. Uh, you know, and I, I don't know how much leeway he gets because of the cap situation that was inherited, but – they were able to win seven games in the past two seasons with those cap restrictions. That's right. So, so now if they that, go backwards. Right. Yeah, right. Exactly. You shouldn't. When you get more money to invest in your roster, you shouldn't go backwards. That's right. So I mean, he's got to win at least seven games. You know, and I would think you know you you don't want to stay afloat either. You want to move forward. I mean, think about it. They won seven games last year. With over eighty million dollars in dead cap space, that's incredible. But it, you know it's what? Incredible. It, you know what that says to me, though. They've done a terrific job with their draft picks. They have because that's where most of your talent is going to be, um, and and they've done a good job of finding the the bargains, right? Which is what Fontenot did with the Saints. Yeah, they always the Saints were always in cap trouble mm-hmm. because of their quarterback salary, but the Falcons also. Look, Russ, they don't have to win 11 games to win this division. Yeah. They probably win nine. They can win the division. Yeah, right. So, so we'll, you know, I, I think there's some optimism there. Uh, we were talking about the quarterback. Speaking of Aaron Rodgers, did you see he's done with his darkness retreat? I did not. He, he came out of his, his little. Did we, did, are we getting six more weeks of winter? I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if he saw his shadow or not. But I saw, I was reading an article about it. <laughs> I had never mind. I was going to say something. He might have saw a lot of smoke coming out. <laughs> no, I think I think he was eating mushrooms this time. Oh, is that what it was? Yeah, but he might have seen his shadow and didn't know what he was seeing. <laughs> didn't know it was a shadow. Oh, why does this dark figure keep following me? <laughs> Who is this following me around? It mimics every move I make. There's nobody else in here, Aaron. Calm down. But I saw some of the pictures of the space. I was, I mean, I now I can do without all the mushrooms and that stuff. But man, give me a. And, I, and you can turn the lights on, by the way. You don't have to just sit in the dark. He's not actually in darkness. Right. But I saw that space, and there's like a queen-size bed in there and like a bathtub. And I, oh, I was there? I could do I could do a, a week in there. I didn't. Just I give didn't me a couple it. books and uh, just comp- you know leave my phone at the door and just go spend a couple day, nights in solitude. I, I you could, think he had his phone with him or anything? No, I don't think so. So I could, I could swing that. Well, you know um, – Remember that time I told you we went quote camping with the boys, mm-hmm. and it was the it was the Boy Scouts group we were in, and we show up and we've got the tent and we've got cold hot dogs and we're gonna make a fire and we're gonna sleep on the, in our sleeping bags and there's people there with you know with with huge trailers and and they got TV set up. That's not camping. Kids are playing the video games and that was a Boy Scout. Cup yeah, Scout that's not thing. camping. That's not. What are you teaching them? That's not camping. So hopefully it wasn't something like that. No. You don't you don't think he had a TV in this room? I didn't. No, I didn't. I don't think there's electricity. Oh, okay. I mean, I don't, well, that's good. Okay. Yeah. 
So you, I mean, it's it's they, they're going in there for a darkness retreat. Probably, apparently, it's pretty popular. There's Was like, he by himself for yeah. two day, four days. I think it was four days. Yeah, I don't now, know. If I could handle that. I don't like myself. Now that the, much. the 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 owner of the I don't even know what you call it resort. I, I I don't know what word to use here, but the owner of the property brings you a day's worth of food in the evening, and he says for the like, next day. Yeah, and he'll have conversations with the people then. And he said it might be a 10-second conversation. It might be a 20-minute conversation. But apparently it's it, the waiting list is in the hundreds. There's three on the property, and he's trying to build seven more to, to keep up with the demand. I I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I don't, I don't like myself enough to be by myself for that long. I, I, you know, I need to have some kind of, interaction with the sports world yeah for four days i might be able to do one day yeah do it do a night just to unplug yeah just unplug for the day kind of reset yeah i could do that but four days seems like a lot yeah because like uh, um the uh the the like my wife took my, my son to go get a haircut and you know there's always lunch involved and all this other stuff and i just didn't want to go so they left they were gone for you know a couple hours and just sitting in the house by myself for a couple of hours and just the phone didn't ring, you know, and, and just kind of had the, the TV off for a little while and just kind of sat there and thought. It was kind of nice. It is nice. I don't know You're where right. my – I don't remember what I thought about. There was I didn't have any epiphany or anything like that. I didn't decide I wanted to be traded to the Jets. But it was, it, was, it was nice to just, you know, unplug. It is nice a little bit, but four days is a lot. Well, he's – yeah. He's a, he's a different kind of a dude. Well, he probably doesn't know it was four days. You don't think so? Well, I'm sure he had. I mean, if the guy went down to Peru to trip on tea, I mean, I'm sure yeah. he had something with him in there. Right. I probably did. Yeah. I don't. I don't I, but four days, like, you know, I mean, four days by yourself. I mean, you really got to be in tune, tune with yourself to do that. Yeah. Well, here's here's a picture right here. Somebody just posted a, another article about it. I mean, that that you can't see this on TV. It's about 300 square feet, but there's your door. There's your bed. The meditation place is right around the corner. There's the tub and there's a toilet in there. What's that? What's the blue thing right there by the door? Is that like the clothes? I think it's a heater. Dresser? Okay. It's, a heater. it's like a, a, a old. Oven okay. So type. you just go in there and hang out. Yeah. Whew. Teach their own, man. I guess so. 478 646 ESPN. Back with more right after this. It's time to have lunch and talk sports. It's the Midday Sports Zone on Sports Radio 93.1. Hour number two of the Midday Sports Zone. Russ Brown and Daniel Shirley with you here. Phone lines open at 478-646-ESPN. Anywhere you want to go in the world of sports is fine with us. Um, I've talked about this mysterious Twitter handle before, and I'm not sure who it is. Uh, It's... the person that runs the account is a West Virginia fan, which that doesn't really apply. It's just kind of a if you decide to go follow this, you're going to see a lot of West Virginia Mountaineer stuff. That's just a just the way it goes. 
Uh, but it's M H V E R three. That's it. Capital M, capital H, lower V E R three. Uh, and he tweets about conference expansion a lot. And who are she? I don't. I, like I said, I don't know who runs the account. What do I say in this? I don't know. I'm an old person. I don't know how to proceed from here. Do I say they now? Is that is that how this works? Yeah. Well, I mean, he tweeted on August 18th, Fox Sports advising big to expand in USC and UCLA are the prime candidates being on. And then it happened. Yeah. And he also tweeted about Oklahoma and Texas joining the SEC. I think it was a full 12 months before it happened. So he, he um, had this about an hour ago, which I hadn't heard this anywhere else, but it's an interesting thing to think about. ESPN has shot down ACC talks with the Pac-12 for a full merger. Now, let's just stop there. I didn't even know that was being talked about. Well, it was at one point, remember, because they were... Uh, That's right. And then, But then it went away. And it was going to be the all-coast conference. All-coast conference. <laughs> right. So that's been shot down. It says uh, ESPN will not pay pro rata for all 10 editions, so even more money than that is definitely not an option. And this is the last line. ACC adding a few of those schools could still be an option, but would only get pro rata plus ACC network bump. And and there's and you can go find this account and scroll back and read a bunch of different stuff about what's been going on with the Big 12. And obviously there's a with the West Virginia connection there, there's a lot of Big 12 stuff. But I, I have a feeling we are seeing the beginning of the end of the Pac-12 conference. And well, could we see the – I mean, we've already seen the – the Big Ten kind of, I mean, ripped the hole out of uh, the soul out of the Pac-12 with USC and a little bit UCLA. Could we see the ACC and the Big 12 kind of split up what's left over? You know, I mean, it, it it would be weird if you know the Big 12 added Arizona and 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 Arizona State and Colorado and Utah. That's kind of the teams that we've heard for the Big 12. But, you know, what about Oregon and Washington and Stanford and Cal? Uh, do they get go to the ACC mm-hmm. and have kind of a west wing of the ACC? Because um, apparently this is all about ESPN wants property to fill in that late window of games. Yep, and I think what's, essentially what's going to happen is part of the Pac-12 gets – well, as you said, it's already been – swallowed up by the Big Ten. I think the Big 12 and the ACC are going to end up picking off what's left of those 10 schools. It's going to be weird, you know, if that happens. Is four enough schools for that to work for the ACC? Like if they added Washington, Stanford, Oregon, Cal. Yeah. Is that enough to make it work? That put them at 16. Yeah. I mean, if if two's going to work for the Big Ten. Well, I mean, just having – yeah, Big Ten's only got two teams out there. Yeah. And they're going to make it work. Yeah. So, so they would have – right now they have 14 teams in football. They would have 18 teams in football and 19 for everything else. Yeah. Would that entice Notre Dame to join if Stanford's in the conference? I, and I, I mean, I think for Notre Dame to join a conference, the conference payout is going to have to be more than NBC gives them. Or let them keep that Oof. if the ACC would do that. I would do it. Then what's the point of them being in the ACC? To say they're in the ACC. So then you just, what about, well, you well what if they're in the ACC championship game? I guess that it doesn't matter. It doesn't change anything for NBC because yeah. there's NBC's never going to have a conference championship right. game. Right. So they just, so like if you're, if, if Clemson's in Notre Dame, it's just on NBC that week. Right. And, NBC, and Notre Dame gets the money and then 
the next year when it's at Clemson. It's on whatever the ACC does. Yeah, which is how it works now anyway. Right. Interesting. I would. I would. To me, and and it sounds like these conferences are going to go against these, you know, unequal revenue sharing anyway. Then let Notre Dame keep that. Yeah. It, to to say that Notre Dame is a full time ACC member, you would get more money from ESPN and and those. Hell, you might get Fox involved. But I think it would be worth it to do that. And who knows? I mean, I, there's a lot smarter people than me out there trying to figure this stuff out, but. I mean, I can't even imagine Clemson going to Oregon for a conference game. You know, or Oregon coming to Clemson for a conference game. How great. I mean, it would, it would, that's a long trip. That's all the way across the country and diagonal across the country. But how great would it be to play at Oregon yeah. or Washington or Stanford? Well, uh, yeah, uh, no, no doubt. No doubt. And we'll have David Hill on. Again, uh, he'll be joining us at the bottom of the hour. But this is where that – it's going to be hard for – this is where the labor part of it comes into play. Right, no doubt. And that's when we, when you're getting on a plane flying across the country to play in a conference game. And that, it's not just football. Right. It's basketball. It's volleyball. It's golf. It's tennis. It's everything. Soccer. It's everything. That's a lot, and, man. And, uh, you know, and a lot of these schools keep adding sports. I mean, I you know, just for me, Clemson added – I mean, in the last five years, Clemson has added soft, softball, now lacrosse, now gymnastics. So you have even more students that you're flying all over the country to play, in, to play these games. And that's okay in a tournament or a – championship but a regular season conference game to go all the way across the country to play Oregon and you can't just let them play their own teams out there they have to play the other teams in the conference or they're not part of the conference right well and what you well you can't have a four-team division and a 12-team division. no you can't <laughs> that's not gonna work no I don't know we'll see but it's just something it's just to so, uh it's gotten so out of it's all rumors, I, I, I mean, but it's right. just something to keep an eye on. I just wish we had eight teams in every conference or nine teams or ten at the well, most. That's not that. No, it, it's not happening. That's not, not not going backwards. No, we're not. You know, if you're if you're going to scale the SEC back to eight teams, who are the eight teams you're going to call and say, hey, you can't be in this league anymore? Well, that's the next <laughs> step is that then we go to the thing that you mentioned Dabo Sweeney talked about the other day where we break off those football teams out of this and they play in something else. Yeah. I think eventually that's what's going to have to happen. Uh, just because because it's football has gotten so even. I mean, it, it used to be we would say football and men's basketball, but football has just grown exponentially in the last few years to where you cannot govern that sport the same way you do the other sports. Right. It's just becoming more and more difficult to do that, and and it just you got to treat it differently. It's it's just a different animal. It's a billion dollar industry. And you, and it's and it's it's not going to change. I mean, when the twelve team playoff happens, there's going to be even more money coming in, right? And more attention. Well, usually, I mean, usually the way the, the look, I, and not just I'm not talking about just football here, but usually the way these things work is people are going to keep going back to the well until it's dry. It, it's they're not. It's never going to be enough. It's it's never going to be. Hey, we've made it to the promised land. It's perfect the way it is. Let's not change a thing. 
the expansion, the TV contracts, the bidding, they're going to keep going back to the well until it's dry. Well, you don't – and right. And it, when do they suck the life out of the out of college football and out of college sports? And you don't we, want that to happen. Well, that's the thing. You, know, you want, That's why you hope the, the smart people can get out in front of this so that that doesn't happen. Right. And it's, it's, and it's kind of – it's not a direct reason. This isn't why um, – Coaches are leaving college to go to the NFL, but it, it, it is a part of it. The chaos and the lack of structure we were talking about, this is an aspect of it. Right. You know, if, if I go to the coach the Dallas Cowboys in 10 years, I feel pretty strongly that I'm going to be in the NFC East. Yeah. <laughs> and you're not going to go to – you're not joining a new league. You're not joining a new division. You don't have to work 12, or 12 months a year. You do get a break. You do get some time away. And right now, college football, you don't. College basketball, you don't. All these sports. Uh, it's crazy, man. It's absolute chaos. By the way, David O'Brien just posted video of Charlie Morton uh, throw uh, facing Matt Olson. I love yeah, it. he posted one a minute ago of just, Ian Anderson just, and Michael Harris. Just inject it right <laughs> into the veins. Look at those palm trees in the back. You got the 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 afternoon thunder clouds starting to gather. Uh, I mean, I just look at this picture and feel warmer. It's nice here. It's, it uh, is nice. I, uh, but – I just look at this picture and I feel warmer. I actually wore shorts and t-shirt and no yeah. jacket today for the first time in I mean, probably six months. I look at this picture and the sun's up at seven thirty. It's the Chris, humidity starts <laughs> to trickle in a little bit. Our buddy Chris Kirshner posted a, a photo from the Yankees facility, and it was like I could I could take this. I mean, it was like a sunrise or a sun. I guess yeah, right, but it was in Florida. It was like, yeah, I could I can deal with this. Yeah. Yep, and the first spring training games uh, will be this weekend. I, I, and I should mention this, too, for, for Braves fans. Uh, with, uh, Georgia basketball plays at 12.30 on Saturday. The broadcast starts at 12.30 on Saturday. It's at the same time as the Braves game. So we'll have the spring training game at 4 o'clock that afternoon. Okay. Just on a, I mean, I, I know if you want to consume it in real time, there's other ways to do it. But I just – me personally, there may there may be a nap involved, but there's going to be a, a the sweet sounds of baseball on the radio at about four thirty Saturday it. afternoon. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, so, and then we'll have it on after the uh, Hawks game on Sunday. The Georgia baseball plays at one. Hawks start at three. We'll have the conclusion of the Hawks game after the Georgia baseball game, and then the Braves game Sunday evening. There you go. And it's just like it's almost like a, a soundtrack. Right, and you know, it, it, I mean, and it's not like you care who wins the game, right? It's no. a spring training. Game. Oh no, 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 no! I just want to hear baseball on the radio, man. I just want to hear the mid pop. Right. It's you know, we've I'm, I uh, w- was uh, listening and then watching the Georgia Southern game on Tuesday night, and just it was, I mean, it was just nice. It was, it was. Unfortunately, that cold front had come through, so everybody was bundled up in hoodies. Right, but. You know, it's still baseball, and, and there's still, still baseball, mitt right. popping, and it's still an umpire that can't get the outside strike right. But that's another story for another day. We'll take a break. Uh, we got one on hold. Hang in there with us. Oh, we got two on hold. Y'all hang in there with us, and uh, we'll get back to the phones right after this. Twelve sixteen. Russ and Daniel back with you here. Midday Sports Zone. Phone lines open. Four seven eight six four six ESPN. Let's go to Brian and Warner Robbins. Appreciate you hanging on, man. What's up? Hey, no sweat, guys. Anytime. Thanks for taking my call. Um, just got a question about the um, Braves uh, in regards with uh, Mike Soroka. Oh, um, my apologies. Michael Soroka. <laughs> um, 
Do you, in y'all's opinion, do you think the Braves are, might want to consider trading him while he still has a little bit of value to him? Uh, gosh, I mean, when we don't even know when the next time he's actually going to pitch again, and he still has, you know, some value left, or you just want to just hold on to him until he breaks down and get nothing for him. What, what's y'all's yeah. opinion on that? Hey, Brian, appreciate the call. Uh, you know, I'm not sure. I think I'd just hang on to him. Because the risk is is uh, the reward, I should say, is 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 greater than the risk here. Uh, you know, he, he, you're right in that he does have some value left, but it's it's not what you would get in return for Mike Soroka is not going to be nearly equal to what if Mike Soroka is able to make a full recovery. You know, what does that make sense? You're not going right. to get you're not getting that back 2019 yeah. value for Mike Soroka, but there's a chance you could get 2019 Mike Soroka. So I, I just I think you stick with him because if you trade him now, I mean, what's the value? What's another What's another team going to look at other than hoping they get the same thing that you're hoping you get? You're not going to get a value. I mean, you might get a couple of mid level prospects. Yeah, or something you're not like getting that. much. I mean, you're just taking a shot on a, yep. a diamond in the rough. I understand the question because you no, don't you don't want to risk well, him if, never being what he was again. Well, and if he re injures himself and never makes it back to the mound and just decides that I can't do this anymore, yep. and and walks away, you know, you're you you are kind of empty handed. But right, I, I think I would take that outcome over. Trading him and then Getting him a couple, becoming a star. Exactly. Right. Exactly. That would be hard to take, for sure, because you've put a lot of energy into trying to get him back to being a really good pitcher. And and also the, the fact that Alex Anthopoulos has built the roster in a way where this is icing on the cake if he's able to make the recovery. Right. You don't, you're not relying on him this year, right? So I think – and that's the way to handle that. I, I don't, you know, if you were relying on him to be your third or fourth pitcher, you'd be in some trouble. Yeah. Or could be in some trouble. I guess you should say it that, not not would be, could yeah. be. But you're not relying on him. Yeah, yeah. He, and, like you said, you you said it perfect. He's kind of icing on the cake. Yeah. And and, and Alex Atopoulos is so good at that. You know, Kevin Pillar is a guy that's in camp. We haven't really talked about. I think he's probably, you know, at the end. And, and, and probably going to be a reserve outfielder. But in the event – he kind of rediscovers himself. Boom! There's your left fielder. Yeah, but right. but if he doesn't rediscover himself, he's exactly what you signed him to it's be. No big loss. It's, right. it's kind of like when they remember Jose Bautista played third base for this team. That's right. <laughs> I mean, it didn't it didn't hit, but it, it wasn't the end of the world. Um, here's and this is the other thing about spring training that's that's funny to me. David O'Brien, you referenced this with the video of Ian Anderson and uh, Michael Harris. With Travis Darno behind the plate, uh, and Ian struck Harris out with his new slider. So, do we get excited wow. about Ian's new slider, yeah. or are we worried about Michael Harris? My, oh God, Michael <laughs> Harris can't hit a slider. Sophomore slump, here it comes. <laughs> That's the thing you never know. I mean, you never know about preseason games or spring games and football or any of that. Yeah. Kind of stuff. Well, and you the, just and, never the know. and the thing about baseball is like this is all it's good there, because you need to face some live. Uh, pitching before and 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 pitchers need to face live batters before you get into the spring training games. But really, with baseball, you just need to go play. That's right. I mean, there, you can. There's drills and stuff you can do, of course, and those are very important. But ultimately, you just because you don't know. I mean, you can try to practice some situations, but you know, the, 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 there's no script to 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 baseball. You know, you, you don't know when the action is going to happen. You don't know when you're going to be behind. 
you know, you just you just got to go out and play and let those different things kind of happen. Yep, you do. And, that, you know, again, and then you'll be ready. They'll be ready once the time to the oh, yeah. game, real game start. Yep, 478-646-ESPN. Charles is in Macon. What's up, Charles? Hey, guys, how y'all doing? Good. I'm a fan of the Hawks, the Braves, and the Falcons. I want to make a comment about the Hawks. Okay. I'm disappointed about uh, firing the coach. I'm going to tell you why. They need a general manager. And the reason why I say that is the Hawks are being out-muscled when they play the teams lately. They need some players that can be physically present and good. Yeah. And the next five years from now, we'll be still talking about that. Now, the Hawks, what if? Go out and get some talent. You can need to win with talent. You can, I don't care who you get as a coach. If, if the talent ain't there, they're going to still lose. So do you, you don't think the talent's there now? No, no, okay. no. Yeah. The last two games, it was pitiful. Oh, it was. The, the Knicks just the out-muscled them. Yeah. Yep. Some of the players that are, will be available, it's, it, I don't know how you call it, but they, they're going to buy their contract, pay contract off. Mm-hmm. Go out and get some of those players. Yeah. I tell them. But if you just keep what they got, next five years from now, y'all going to still talking about what about the house. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Charles, we appreciate the phone call. Uh, and if you haven't heard, they've zeroed in on Quinn Schneider. And according to Zach Klein of WSB, that includes uh, not just to be the head coach, but the president of basketball operations. So for, for what Charles is saying, that would be a step in that direction. The tricky part is, you know, they're up against the luxury tax. There's a hesitancy, hesitancy to spin into the luxury tax. So you kind of are who you are, and they don't really have any draft picks. So I think ultimately what you have to do, and, and Charles says he doesn't think they have the talent. If that's what that front office decides, you have to trade Trey Young. Yeah, I think so. I I think they need some 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 competitive spirit. Like I I mean, are again, are you competing to win or are you just competing or are you just trying to put up stats? Yeah. Well, and Jeff Schultz just tweeted this 3 minutes ago. Uh apparently the uh Trey Young was absent from the media session today as well. God. I This is this ain't going to work. You better get a leader in there so he doesn't have to be the focal point. Well, he can't, but you can't be a superstar player and not be the focal point. You can't. I mean, uh, I know, like, what team? What I mean, think about superstar players who doesn't speak. Well, that's what I'm saying. You need to find somebody who can be the hat (laughs) so he can just be secondary. Robin and yeah, need a Batman. Like you said, you you said that last week. He does. He's not Batman. He's not the leader of this team. Now, Jeff said there's a, he said he was told there's a legitimate reason why he missed today. But there wasn't a legitimate reason yesterday. I mean, he skipped out on that yesterday. But do you but do you believe that? I mean, is it, I mean, do you, do you or is the team just covering for him? Remember, I think they're covering. For, well, I mean, this is a guy that got mad at a shoot around and decided not to show up for a game. Right. I think they're probably covering for him. I think they probably are. Mm. God, this went south in a hurry. And Allison, uh, I don't Mastrangelo, that from WSB, she said she tweeted out too. He had an excused absence. Well, I mean, I can give him excused absence. For, I mean, we can give each other an excused absence. That doesn't mean it's legitimate. I yeah, I. 
there's some problems. Yeah. And and look, there's problems starting to, uh, top to bottom. Well, and that's like I said when they fired Nate McMillan. It, it, it there was an inevitability about that, so you might as well go ahead and get it over. But if if you think that's the solution, your 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 head's in the sand. This ain't a Nate McMillan problem, and I think we're seeing. I think what we've all feared is is kind of coming to light. The, the The Hawks didn't have a Lloyd Pierce problem, and the Hawks didn't have a Nate McMillan problem. The Hawks have a Trey Young problem. Well, I tweeted out yesterday. I said, "So the Hawks are firing their coach for the second time in four in two years, and it's not the players." Or it's not a player. It may, that might be even more accurate. This ain't about the coach. Again, you know, I use this a lot. If you get divorced three or four times, after the third or fourth time, it's not the it's not the other person. There might be you might need to look at yourself. And it doesn't sound like Trey wants to take any responsibility for this stuff. So it's not going to work. If he sat there yesterday and spoke and said, "Look." We've fired two coaches in my time. I probably need to look in the mirror. Like DeJounte Murray said, DeJounte Murray's been there six months, eight months, whatever. And he's taking responsibility for it. Mm -hmm. John Collins, they want to trade him every day. And he's taking responsibility for it. But Trey won't. That's a problem. It is. It really is. We'll take a break. Uh, David Hill joins us on the other side. We'll talk some college football with him. That and more as we continue right after this. Twelve thirty, Russ and Daniel back with you here on ESPN.com. See, if you're Aaron Rodgers, why don't you take that trip instead? <laughs> I think I'd rather go to Paradise City versus Hobbitville, but yeah, whatever. No doubt. David Hill of ESPN.com joining us on the line. Good afternoon, sir. I hope you're doing well. I am well, gentlemen. Good to talk to you. Always, always appreciate the time. Was that selection based on the uh, big announcement of their summer tour in 2023? It was. Well, first I was watching the Daytona 500, and the 43 car was sponsored by Guns N' Roses. And I said to myself, I wonder what Guns N' Roses is selling. Uh, and then, of course, you know, a day later they announced their, their concert dates, and I'm very excited. I am, I'm going to do my best to procure some tickets to see them in Charlotte. Though, little known fact, the Paradise City mentioned in the song is actually making Georgia. Very few people yeah, know that. Yeah, that's, that's actually, yeah. Is that that's... right? <laughs> No. Oh, my gosh, Daniel. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> oh, then you got me. I'm joking. Okay, there I'm you joking. go. Hey, uh, well, <laughs> I saw what, uh, something you had on Twitter uh, a day or two ago, David, uh, talking about the, the schools getting more involved in the, in the name, image, and likeness now. And, and I, you know, I've had friends that have hypothesized this. I even wanted the same thing myself. You know, you're, you're talking to the same group of people that already donate to the university, but you said that as far as the ADs that you've talked to, it hasn't really affected donations to this point. Is that true? Correct, yeah. And, and actually, I think to some extent what NIL has done is engage a new set of potential donors, particularly when you're talking to um, collectives. I mean, the, these are the ones that are being run well at this point are largely very grassroots-oriented, not you know the same guy giving you $5 million, but a whole bunch of guys giving you a thousand dollars five thousand dollars ten thousand dollars um and and i think to some extent it is opening up more avenues to engage with donors who maybe wouldn't have been engaged before because they're not the type of people that are going to give you a half million dollars a year a million dollars a year so in some respects i think it's been very good for some of these schools in terms of 
um, building better relationships with their alumni base in terms of donations and stuff like that. I, I'm not saying it hasn't happened that schools are losing out on some direct to school donations. It, it's certainly possible, but I probably talked to a dozen or so ads, and I have not had any of them yet tell me that that they have firsthand seen or noticed a drop off in their donations as a result of NIL. David, are they when you talk to them? Are they? Is it still feel like chaos with this? Because that that just feels like that every day almost. Yeah, I mean, it's a uh, yes. The the short answer to that is yes, and and part of it is because everybody's playing by a different set of rules. Some schools have collectives, some don't. Um, some are very much trying to be true to what the the ethos of NIL is. Some are fully embraced and like this is just a workaround to play, pay for play. Um, I have talked to agents, players, um, ads, uh, and uh, and some some boosters who all seem to think that that there is a little bit of a bubble here with NIL too. That that this is outside of you know your top programs: Ohio State, A and M, Texas, Bama. Not a sustainable model because I think the the thing that has sort of gone on unsaid here is that. Um, it's new, right? It's the new fun toy that everybody is sort of playing with, uh, particularly at the higher levels, and everybody's trying to keep up with and, and adjust to. <clears throat> but what is the real return on investment? Like, when we thought about NIL in its infancy was you're going to go endorse a product, they're going to get some value out of that endorsement, and they will pay you for that at value. Well, that's not how it's turned out to be, not surprisingly. Um, and, and I think you're... you're going to eventually see boosters say like well what am i really getting out of this like what is the upside to my 50 grand that i just gave you to go into your collective um there's lots of dangers within that where you you see a world in which boosters are viewing their donation as buying uh, a fantasy team that they can tell the coach you know you got to play this guy more or whatever i think there's a lot of problems with that that, that administrators and coaches are concerned about but i think the bigger thing is just like we're going to get to a point where people say, like, this isn't worth my investment anymore, and that NIL will become a little bit more of what we maybe thought it was supposed to be to begin with, uh, and there's only going to be a handful of schools who can really maintain a collective that has millions of dollars cash on hand. And I mean, this is one of the things that I've had a lot of administrators say to me is you hear a lot of hype about what's being paid or how much uh, revenue um, or donations that, that – collectives are bringing in and there's not necessarily a ton of evidence or truth behind that and a lot of it might be hey you know a booster has promised us five million dollars over the next five years that doesn't mean we've got that cash to pay somebody tomorrow um and, and i think you saw a little bit of that with the Jaden rashada situation at florida or i mean yeah and and where uh, you know he's promised some things that i don't think that that florida was ready to deliver on i have heard that is not entirely unique to him um, and then, you know, so, and some of the uh, contracts that you're hearing about with NIL, I mean, even the kid at Tennessee who was supposedly getting, you know, what was it $8 million or something like that? Like, it's not, the wording and language in that is a lot more complicated than just when he shows up, somebody's handing him a check for $8 million. So part of it is there's just a ton of misnomers about NIL as it is, because it is a very, I won't say black market, but a gray market for sure. David Hill of ESPN.com is our guest here on the program. And, and David, for these donors or, or boosters or whatever you want to call them, I mean, like if I gave 500 bucks to, to, to towards a collective, I mean, did, how do I know where my money's going? 
you don't. I mean, that's part of it is you don't. Um, you may be able to have access to a Zoom call with your favorite player or something like that. Like, that's your return on investment, and you've got to be okay with that. Um, and some of it is just about, like, look, I've heard stories where coaches have gone to the booster clubs and said, like, if we're not getting X, Y, and Z recruits, that's not on me. That's on you at this point. And so there is significant pressure being put on boosters to say, like, if we're getting, if, if we're going to put a winning team on the field, everybody's got to chip in. Um, you know, a little bit of it is sort of like the, uh, buying a car. It's like, well, what do I got to do to put you in this car today, right? Like, there's there is the ticking clock part of the sales pitch. All of these things sort of play into it. And I think this is part of the problem with any sort of unregulated nascent market. Like you don't know what you're getting. You're dealing. Some of these agents are very good. Some of them are complete shady fly by night. Um, you know, <laughs> just started doing the job yesterday type of people. Some of these collectives are very good. Some of them are terrible. Some of the coaches are trying to handle it well and help their players. Some of them are using it to just get as many players in as they can and, and maybe not fulfilling what they're saying. I mean, th- this is the problem. It is, it is, um, you know, I don't, I don't really like the term Wild West because it tends to suggest that, that something really nefarious is happening. I don't know that that's the case. I just know that there's not a whole lot of rules right now, and so everybody's kind of doing, whatever, doing it the way they want. David, on the field, um, Glenn Schumann's interviewing with the Eagles. What would that do to Georgia? Or does, or does Kirby just look down the hall and say, hey, Will, you're the D.C. now? That would be my guess. Um, and, and frankly, um, this is uh, we talked about this a little bit, I guess, last week or the week before. I mean, this is the challenge, right? When you're super successful, uh, people are going to come and want to take your guys. And, and, you know, with the transfer portal and NIL, we're talking about players leaving. But um, this has always been the case with assistant coaches. And, it, and Nick Saban has, has threaded this needle so perfectly and I think there's there's probably a good case to be made that Kirby is in a good position to do it too. But you know there's there's stages of success, right? And and um, you know the 2017 season and and the immediate thereafter was the first stage of success for Kirby and Georgia. Of like, all right, we've gotten near the mountaintop. How do we get over the hump? And then they did that, and then they did it again. But now you're seeing this point where like. All right, like we got to replace our quarterback, we got to replace our offensive coordinator, we might have to replace a defensive coordinator. Like all of these jobs are new levels of building success, and this is why what Alabama and Nick Saban have done is so remarkable because it's just hard to keep climbing that mountain when there's more and more people pulling you back down at every stage or cop- copying what you're doing or hiring your people. Um, it's a tough job, I think. Though that the fact that Kirby watched Nick Saban do it for so long puts him in a particularly good position to be able to replicate it. And, and there's not a lack of talent, and there's certainly not a lack of budget for Georgia to hire whomever they want. But I do think that, that um, and certainly I think it showed this with the Bobo uh, hire, is that there is something to be said for maintaining some status quo, for, for keeping guys who understand your vision, that you communicate with well, all of that stuff. And I think some of the, the, the fraying around the edges we've seen at Alabama is – a lot of the massive staff turnover starting to catch up a little bit um, with, with, with Saban. So, uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, I say all the time, like, I think Georgia is probably going to keep winning a whole lot of football games because they keep getting the best players. Like, that's, that's the bottom line on everything. But there's ancillary issues, and, and this will be a hurdle if that's another one for them to have to jump through. Good stuff. David Hill of ESPN.com has been our guest. David, always, always appreciate the time, man. Take care. 
My pleasure, guys. Good stuff. Good stuff there. We'll uh, take a break. Uh, as we do, we'll open up the phone lines, 478-646-ESPN. We can talk about what David had to say or anywhere else you want to go in the world of sports. Is fine with us. And we'll wrap it up right after this. Twelve forty-five. Russ and Daniel back with you here on the midday sports zone. So yeah, David Hill. We just had him on in the last segment and um, touched on something that we were asking from day one, and I still continue to ask the question: What is the return on investment with this name, image, and likeness stuff? Like I want to like the guys up in um, Nebraska that had uh, wow, the coldest. Uh, right. I can't think of his last name, but the he was a, a player for Nebraska, and his first name was the coldest. So Crawford. Crawford. That's it. So he was the spokesperson for for an HVAC company up there. I mean, that's perfect branding opportunity, it right? Is. Right. Like I would like, I would wonder, you know, did they see an uptick in business because of that? And wasn't he going to transfer? I guess yeah, he's back he, out of the portal, maybe. Oh, is he's he? Still, so he's staying in Nebraska. He's still listed as with Nebraska. Okay. Well, there you go. Um, so yeah, because like it's a, I don't know, and then something David talked touched on there too is, you know, when you say boosters or donors. I mean, I know everybody has to give some sort of a donation to get season tickets. <clears throat> PC, PSL. Um, but, um, I'm sorry. I, I, I get kind of – people get all up in arms about PSLs, but you donate yeah, to, right. to buy season it's tickets. What's, Actually, what's DeColdis is not on the Nebraska roster, so oh, okay. I don't know where he is now. All right. Um, but anyway, but, but you know, when you, but when you talk about the donors and the boosters and the people that have access to, in, in, to the program, I mean, you're talking about guys that are giving – oodles and oodles and oodles of money but now the nil has opened up this door for the guy that can do a thousand to feel like he's got some say so and access too i guess that's i guess that's the lure to it i guess i mean i i mean you know personally i i i you know if i give like like if people solicit all the time nowadays but like if there's a charitable organization or something like that i want to give money to like i do you research to try to figure out like where I do. it goes? I try to. I mean, Unless, yeah. and you know, every once in a while, like if you're if you're at the grocery store and they say, "Would you like to donate three dollars to whatever?" Yeah, you know, I'll probably just go ahead and do that. See, I don't. You don't because because like I don't know where that money goes. Right. Like what? Like if I give you three dollars, how much of it actually goes to that? Is it thirty cents? Is it a hundred percent of the money? I get that. Yeah. Like so, we, I don't well, feel we comfortable had one doing at the that. Telegraph. Uh, when I worked at the Telegraph and a and a organization that they came around every year and solicited, hey, donate to this and we'll just take it out of your paycheck and we'll never, you'll never know it's gone. And I did some research and I found out that like some of their money wasn't going where they said it was going, or they didn't say that it was going somewhere else, but it was going somewhere where you wouldn't think it should be going. And I'm like, no, I'm not doing it. I'm not. I mean, you can bring this to me every year. I'm not filling it out. I'm not signing it. You're not taking any money out of my paycheck. I'll give money to my church or I'll give money to, I don't trust this organization. So yeah, there, there's, I think you got to do some of that stuff. Yeah. But, but with, but I've heard with these NIL or the collectives there, you, there's, you don't know where it goes. I mean, it's like David said, you might get an autographed picture or something like that. That's cool. I mean, and I don't know. Well, if you, if you, like, if you, when my dad was in Ipte, right? When he donated, when he gave his money, he knew where the money was going. It was to go to the athletics department. And he knew that 
that allowed him to buy tickets. Like you said, a PSA. Um, but now, if you give the money to a collective, you have no idea where that money's going. Now, you think it's going to the athletes. You hope it's going to the athletes. Mm-hmm. But you're not getting... you. I mean, you really are donating that money. Well, who's running the collective and how much right. are they paying themselves to run the collective? Right, exactly. So how much of my money is going to pay their salary versus going to help oh, the football going team? Going to the athlete. I mean, these are just the questions that I have. Because I don't think those people are doing that out of the goodness of their heart. They well, have some to may be. Salary, some may be alumni, think. you know, That's true. And, and have the time to do maybe it. Maybe they have enough money, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Right. Or, or may, or may, and some may have just found a great money-making opportunity. Yes. It's like David said, it's probably all over the board. I, it's a that, lot, man. It's just it was I was it was a call. It, it, and this started for me. I was listening to the Bill King show one morning, and one of the guys that calls in, he's a big Florida State fan, and they were talking about this. And he asked the guy, if, I can't remember the name of the collective, something to do with a spear. And he asked him if he gave to that collective. And he said, Yeah. So do you are you able to track where your money goes? And he was like, No. And that, I was just like, wow. Maybe the guy doesn't care. I don't oh, well, yeah. yeah. I mean, to each their care. own. It's, right. it's it's like I tell my kid all the time. It's your money. You want to pay $25 to order something off for DoorDash. I think it's incredibly stupid, but that's your money. <laughs> that's right. You know? So, hey, that's right. I'm not going to tell people how to spend their money, uh, but it just it, – it, it does that, – that part of it does kind of blow my mind a little bit, you know, uh, it, that – and I don't. I mean, and I'm not knocking the collective for not tracking it because how do you? Because you don't know what the needs are yet. You right. just know you need the and war it's chest. So new. Yeah. And look, I don't want to be the guy that says, "Here's my money. Let me have a say." It, yeah, I don't want to be that guy. But I also don't want to spend my money and then have no idea where it's going. That's a that's a that's a big leap for me. Mm-hmm. It is a big leap. Yeah. So, but well, I guess, you know, I mean, heck, I do that when I tithe at church. You know, you give money to the church and you think, okay, I think I know where it's going. But do I really know where it's going? Now, they tell us, you know, that here's a, this one is is for the bishop. This is the bishop fund and that kind of stuff. So some of the stuff we know, but some of it you kind of have to take a leap of faith with. Maybe that's what this is too. Yeah. Well, that's, it's, because... Uh, I mean, I, I, you know, people are so passionate about their favorite teams. You know, maybe you see an opportunity to help, an opportunity to make it better, an opportunity to keep the the wolves at bay, so to speak. And maybe that's enough. You know, maybe maybe that's enough financial motivation for you to want to help out. So, it's it's um, here we go again. Boy, I wish I could jump into DeLorean and go to tw- and what twenty thirty three and see what right. this looks like. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, we're right here in the in the middle of the storm yeah we really are and you said it you wonder why you got to wonder I mean, you don't really have to wonder why college coaches are jumping to the nfl it's just more structure you don't have to deal with nil these guys get a salary whatever they do beyond that is up to them yeah i mean could you i mean you know you remember football before 1994 in sure. the nfl right yeah. and then in 1994 is really the first kind of year they had to free agency the way it is and the player movement was just it seemed like it was out of control it felt like it was never going to change how yeah. stable does that look today oh compared God. to what's going on in college there i was looking at some numbers uh, and you can find these on uh ncaa.com for division one transfers and the number of and this is across all sports and then i mean the tens of thousands of student athletes that just went into the portal right. I mean, could you imagine 
if like the Major League Baseball season's getting ready to start, could you imagine if Ozzy always just rolled out of bed today and decided he wanted to be a Cincinnati Red? I mean, it's really if you stop to think about it in those terms, it's insane what's happening and in college is, and right now. And it's not just football. I mean, you no, know, it's, it's everywhere. It's every single sport. Yeah, I mean, I just, I mean, could you imagine what that would be like? You, can't. Uh, you know, Desmond Ritter just wakes up on the wrong side of the bed and it's like, man, I miss. I, I, I want to go be Joe Burrow's backup. I miss Cincinnati. Yeah, <laughs> you could do like that Dab- in college. Davis Sweeney said last week. He said, you know, we're headed in the right direction. But we need to just blow this up because if we started a business today or if we started the NCAA today, we would not let it look like this. This is not what it would look like. The power structure would not be this. But, yeah, here we are. Here we are. It, it, and it does. It fascinates me um, to no end. It just, But, you know, the thing about it is it doesn't change. Once the games start, I don't think about it. No, well, that's uh, like I said. I don't think there's any more drastic, like the off season compared to in season, that is any drastically different than college athletics. Because this stuff drives us crazy this time of year, and then all of a sudden the games will start in September, and it just all floats away. I don't think about who's a transfer. I don't think about Uh, how much nil they're getting. I just think about the game. Best on field product in American sports. Right. That period. I don't think there's a, a sport or a league that does it better than college football. I really don't. We're out of time. Thanks for listening as always. Uh, appreciate David Hell for jumping here with us as well. Today is Thursday. So we'll, we'll all day. We'll have another show tomorrow. <laughs> Lord willing. <laughs> What's that old saying? Lord willing in the creek don't rise. <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> no, but we appreciate you for listening as always. For Daniel, I'm Russ. We'll do it again tomorrow. Have a good one. <laughs>